Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash Roastmortemcast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 <laughs> this is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortemcast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Oh, God! Oh, Jesus Travis, Cody, before we actually introduce the episode, I propose this. Can we start calling this the Roast Mortem Variety Hour? Why? Why do you want to do that to us? I don't know. I, I don't like podcasts. The word phonetically yes, is gross. Yes, I understand that. That's why we're Roast Mortem cast. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but that's like too word. close. I want to be... It? I don't want to be a peanut gallery. I want to be an almond gallery. Just to piss you off, Tom. You're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> You're a monstrous, awful, awful piece of shit. You don't, care, ro- you don't even the care about the environment. The Roast cast, almond gallery. Yeah, the almond gallery. Hello, welcome to the almond gallery. My name is yeah. Tom. I'm Travis. I'm your Cody for the evening. Guess who's uh, uh, hmm. ha- guess hmm. who's uh, at a girlfriend's birthday dinner? Oh. It's not me. Yeah, young uh, Mike. God damn it. He Z- better come back with cornrow uh, butt hairs. Yeah, frosted cornrows. Yeah, right. going out, going, going down. Do they do they holiday down in Jamaica for her birthday and then get those like cornrows on their butt hairs? Hmm. I don't know if that's racist. I can't yeah. tell right now. I was doing the same thing in my head, Cody. I, I don't think that is racist because I think white people do go to Jamaica and then they braid their hair. Uh-huh. They do. It's terrible looking. Yeah, it's a uh-huh. bad look. And they, the, who's really appropriating who? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, when I was growing up, you know, you see those rich kids, like these girls come back with cornrows, like that just like went to like a yeah. country in the island where like the people are dirt poor and they're like, I have my seventh yacht. Give me cornrows, please. We have a lot of those. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So what do we do now? Mike's uh, not here. So that's how the week's going so far. Yeah. yeah I miss the boy. I don't. Uh, Travis, how was your week? <laughs> my Sorry, week. Travis. My week was okay. Uh, let me see what I do this week. I didn't even think about what I did, Cody. When I rolled it, around on the couch, Cody, when I'm Travis right. is talking about this, I'm I'm gonna see if I could speed it up in the podcast. That's a good, yeah, okay. Yeah, I rolled around on the couch for a while. 
I mean, I was, I was shucking and jiving. I was like, net, networking, touching legs that were mine. Oh, oh, good save. Yeah, fuzzing. Yeah, is that a great week? I know, I'm I so interesting. It. I mean, my week was similar. Just doing nothing, farting around. Uh, I did the research, so that was a good chunk of my week. And last night I had uh, pork salsa verde tacos. So I got that going for me. Oh, wait, I went to a creamery this week. Forgot how about did that. You forget, how? How could you forget that? Dude, I had so many curds. Wait, you went to a creamery? Yeah. You know wow. what I did? I actually was a creamery this week. <laughs> Let me explain. Oh, no. So okay. my buddy Steve just moved to Vermont. You guys know Steve. Wait, Big he Steve. actually did move to Vermont? I thought that was a joke tweet. No, no, he moved there. Uh, he's Fuck gone. yeah. And something we've been talking about for a while was doing a... Uh, a car bomb bar crawl, which is going to every bar in Huntington and getting a car bomb there. Oh, uh, gross! Yeah, so we did a we did a lot of it. I think I did about twelve car bombs. So that's a lot of cream. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of cream. So I was the cream man. I had a cream coma the next day. You are. Did what you, you mm-hmm. did you happen to throw up along your journeys or no? No throwing up at all. No. Wow. I was gonna say because that would be such a frothy throw up. You know what I mean? Like it. It's like the head of like a frappuccino or some shit. Oh, you throw up cheese. You throw up processed cheese. We walked in there and we we just told them. We we didn't even let the bartenders get to like, hey, how's your day going? What can I get for you? It was two car bombs right now. What do I owe you? Cream me. And then Uh we left. Four of the bars we did under a minute in. Oh, wow. See, I usually go to like a mall or something. I just walk up to random people I don't know and say, cream me. And How's I just see work? what happens. Okay. I just see what happens. Uh, Travis, before you left, did uh, Tom do a car bomb crawl with you? No. No, me neither. What's going on? We, we, can, we see favorites here. Oh, sorry, guys. Well, uh, me and Steve had come up with that idea a long time ago. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. Who cares? Well, you, guys, you guys are both creamy boys. I get it. I mean, uh, if it was up to me, Tom could have been a little bit nicer, maybe rub some oil on one of my legs. Yeah. I did I something like, for you guys. And we, and we right? could've we could have fallen down hills together with oiled legs. <sighs> Your legs are always wet. And yeah. oily. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, sorry I didn't do the better things for you guys. I'm not a great friend. Uh, but I do pride <laughs> myself on that because I have a lot of free time. And you have a podcast with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See you all the time. So I guess the uh this podcast that we've been doing, or excuse me, the almond variety hour. Um, yes. So who is on the almond chop today? Oh, let me let me get my tablet. On the uh omelet omelet on the almond cutting board this evening, we have a con man that goes by the name of Gaston Means. Be our guest, be our guest. See the Gaston in my chest. That's the song you think of when you guy? think of Gaston? Yeah, well, there's a song the- called Gaston in Yeah, this. Travis. Really? I thought yeah. that was the guy who I thought he was a candlestick and it went up into the bear's no, anus. That was no, Lumiere. He's, he's the guy with oh. the chin. He's like he he's the guy who fucks oh, up yeah! that beast. He's the guy yeah. who hates interracial marriage. Oh, Interspecial yeah. marriage. Yeah. So he's like and everyone's like, no one chills like Gaston. No one does like Gaston. No one even lifts things over heads like Gaston. I'm especially good at expectorating. My, what a guy. Yeah. Dude, you guys are so good at Disney's. Oh, it was a great one, dude. Beauty and the Beast. It wasn't my first. All right, so why is... I don't like it because I don't like like lead female antagonists. I'm protagonists. 
So no Mulan for you? No, no, I didn't like it. I like Mulan too. I need, my good my songs. favorite Disney movie, RoboCop. Oh, oh Robert yeah. Cop. Robert Cop's good. Yeah. No, my favorite is Mulan in, in China where Jackie Chan sings. Yeah, dude. Jackie Chan's an opera singer. You All right. So, wait, Who's Cody, tell me. Means? Yeah, tell me why this guy is French and why he's mean. He's not French. He's an American con man, a good old what? American con man that betrays his country a few times. You know, good stuff. Real good stuff. Cool. Uh, his full name is Gaston Bullock Means. And he's a shit heel gumshoe that loved to pull your leg. Wait, oh. his middle name is Bullock? Like balls? Bullock. N- not bollocks, Bullock. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, during my research, I did uh, tickle myself pink discovering his middle name was Bullock because he's Gaston B. Means. And he is, in <laughs> fact, an asshole. That would oh. work with IR Baboon. And I'm yeah, Weasel. Like, I'm B- <laughs> Weasel. Did you know that was. That was uh, Fucking Worf from Star Trek, Weasel. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Yeah, Mike, Michael Dorner. No, Michael Dorn. That's Michael right. Dorn. Yeah, yeah. So, like, hey, did you know that Jabba the Hutt was in Star Wars, guys? Great. Shut up. Hey guys, did you know that uh, I watched cartoons once? Are you still speeding up his track and all this, Tom, or is he at regular speed right now? I'll be experimenting throughout the <laughs> okay. production we'll phase. Yeah. Okay. God damn it. Okay, so I did all the research. Uh, just want to let you know, the research is a wee bit iffy, because Gaston was a habitual liar that also lied to his biographers. Uh, and okay. he also has um, a living relative that is a biographer of him, and she fucking sides with him on all of this and, you know, downplays his dirtbaggery. So here and there, uh, some of the details, some of the figures, actually, I noticed, like, jail time and uh, suing amounts varied, but... We'll take it as we go. And on top of uh, the squidgy uh, discrepancies, I also want you to know his schemes are convoluted. They're the complicated Ponzi schemes. Go watch our Ponzi or go listen to our Ponzi episode. Mm. But like, it's all fucking. Uh, imagine that it's always in sunny. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Screenshot of like Charlie behind like the murder board, and there's like red. Th- strings everywhere the pepe sylvia meme oh yeah oh, pepe sylvia yeah so just imagine that it's so complicated uh we'll find out later that private citizen gaston goes on to testify against government official gaston to get what? immunity for an entirely different legal battle wait was so, the well, awesome. a private citizen one like a sock puppet and like you, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you no. He would be talking through his own voice, ratting out a sock puppet that was on his right hand. He's like, oh "You did God. all these bad things. Can I get immunity now?" And it's just like, <laughs> it's it, that type of fuckery afoot tonight. This guy must have been really funny, though. Uh, funny for us and the audience right now. He was no, he, like the he kind of guy you want to hang out with and drink beers with. Yeah, but you you laugh at him when he's taking a piss in the bathroom when he leaves though all right paint a picture what's going on here and then yeah. we'll decide more of that later yes our boy gaston b means was born july 11th 1879 in concord north carolina eldest of seven cool eldest of seven wow eldest that's a lot of, of chill children's southern back in the day it's about par for the course for a southern family wait i'm already too drunk what state is he from north carolina north- i know i North Carolina's in the South. Don't get confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was nicknamed Bud. Classic. Classic. Wait, his name is Gaston, name. but he goes by Bud? Yeah, he goes by Bud. That's stupid. So what, are you dumb? Is he dumb? He's very he's very dumb and very greedy. Uh, for good reason, or for 
adequate reason. His grandpappy was nicknamed the General and served as the local mayor uh, on two occasions. His father was nicknamed the Colonel and was a well-respected lawyer of the town. Uh, though they have uh, nicknames after military ranks, neither of them served. Uh, it's not necessarily a case of stolen valor, but it sets up Gaston to exalt the authority service lifestyle. Not necessarily with the military, but he just wants to be, I'll spoil it now, he wants to be a detective. He wants to be a gumshoe, a PI, a dick, if you will. Right, and it's also, this is a good one to know. Guys, if you're out there, girls, if you're out there, call your significant other captain when oh, you yeah. want to <laughs> manipulate them. Work it into the rotation <laughs> with daddy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Cody, captain mm-hmm. has, uh, you know, that's a stand up straight and do, do the right thing. You talk, you you tell someone that they're captain. You can get away with whatever you want. Well, also, fellas that live in the South, just because you fry things does not make you a general or a colonel. Excuse yes, me. Thank you. Either one. There's you only fry, two of them. If you fry those catfish that you've dug out of the dirt with your thumb, does not make you a general or a colonel. You're not in the army. You're just a guy in the woods cooking fish and frying and grease. With muddy hands. Can you reiterate that, Travis? No, don't. I don't want to get into it, man. I don't get into it. Seen too many generals, too many colonels down there, man. All in right, the woods. On. Deep Stop in it. the woods, frying butter. Knock it, knock it the fuck off. We got a long shit. <laughs> so Gaston, spoiled family, uh, powerful family, and uh, it's it's just how he's go how how he goes throughout his childhood. As a teenager, Gaston was a six foot, two hundred pound fucking bully. Uh, <laughs> He was a Neanderthal-looking fuck with uh, big ears and a forehead large enough to land a fucking plane on. (laughs) He would steal money from his mother's purse, and then he would accuse family help, namely the maid, to avoid blame. He relished when she was fired. Uh, Gaston claimed the, the stolen coins made sweet music in his pocket as he walked down the street. And it also kind of sets up, like, Gaston just likes the spectacle of the shit show he was you know what i mean he it was his fault that this nice uh, maid was getting fired and he's just there like loving it like look at all the look at all the emotions i evoked even though they're not good ones uh during his high school years he got a huge boner for the private eye lifestyle thinking detectives are awesome this and that we're a little bit too early for uh, dick tracy to be out but he's he's riding that vibe he's future he's ahead of his time he's like yeah do we be a detective they had publications like uh, in the back of magazines and stuff, um, yeah. or newspapers and stuff that were a lot of yeah, those yeah. tall. I, I can't think of any of the top of my head, but I know back then it was like every newspaper had a their own franchise of a detective or a cowboy, or a oh, yeah. yeah, something like that. That was yeah. uh, the same. That was like that that whole pulp thing that was going on. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. Love Lovecraft, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, who was also an idiot. Like his stories were published as like short novellas in these like little magazines and i'm sure you know uh, why are they so, called dicks by the way know. do you know does anyone know uh, private dick yeah let me look it up you, should we do an official roast uh excuse me almond roast google yeah <laughs> yeah 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 sure i want to know why they're called dicks they trace the noun dick in the detective sense to the 19th century around 1864 that's about the time we're dealing with right now. Yeah, a little later. Uh, the criminal underworld slang verb to dick meaning to watch. <laughs> so dicking around just means looking around, I guess. Oh, uh, my. This, this dick came in turn from the Romany, 
uh, language of the gypsies, word dick, <laughs> meaning to look or to see. Well, you're just using that one eye to look, right? You just unzip the fly. You just stand around the corner. You're looking. Yeah, that one around. private eye. Oh, yeah. the private eye. You see what he did there? <laughs> yeah, this guy guess on means is airing his balls out all over the place. Yes, he's dicking around, as Thomas said. Uh, he's a teenager. He's dicking around. He uh, does this thing where he just uh, frequents bars and restaurants. And while he's there, he's attempting to eavesdrop on his lawyer dad's legal rivals. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He's Smart, like, yeah. Let me, let me be a detective and just like eavesdrop and record what, you know, these big wigs are saying. And also because he's six foot, 200 pound, he goes around town intimidating local jurors to help his dad out. Okay, like I get the second part of what you said, but the first part of him trying to be all like, I'm sneaky, covert, you know, spec ops, dick boy. Six foot, 200 pounds. Yeah, he's yeah. like a fucking mongoloid in the corner. Yes, like- <laughs> yes, he is. Thank you for that. And and he actually writes like, who would suspect me being a spy? Like in his memoirs. It's just like, I don't know, everyone? Yeah, spy, spy ship 101. Don't be overtly different. No. Yeah. And if uh, you're 14 and 210 pounds, 230 pounds, something in that neighborhood, and six six two, he was six. You're a fucking freak. Yeah, just don't. And, and he's got the big ears and the big forehead too. Yeah, so like you could you could finger him in a lineup. Yeah, you could finger I, him anywhere he could. wants. You could, uh-huh. yeah, anywhere. So he's he's pretending to be like this private eye. Um, and but he, I want to know he would never be punished for intimidating jurors because he's got like you know daddy lawyer uh, to bail him out of anything uh, he needs, but this reinforces his uh, private eye boner well into his adulthood. Mm. Um, During his teenage years, he was enrolled in the University of North Carolina to study law, perhaps to follow daddy in his uh, shoes. Uh, He was that type of spoiled brat. He was probably bankrolled and, you know, strings were probably pulled to get him in there. Uh, but in college, he was a very popular guy. He belonged to the Zeta Psi frat house. So, Zeta Psi! Zeta Psi! Zeta Psi! Zeta Psi for the boys! For the boys! Dude, paddle me, bro! Paddle me, bro! Let me do that syrup out of that Kool Aid machine! Ooh, baby! I'm gonna go down the basement and touch my no no zone! Ooh, yeah! Frat life! I actually went to a frat house once. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. Ca- I can't. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but it was. Hilarious. I think I was at the same party. No, no, I went to a one with uh, Mikey C. Oh, um, and uh, they let us. They let us see what they were doing to the pledges, and I was like, "That's rape." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, stuff. I went to one in Connecticut. It was just a lot of guys drinking heavily. No, I went to that party with you too. That was nothing. Yeah, that was. That was Cake compared to the, you know, rape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a, uh, I didn't live in a frat house, but I did have a roommate that was a frat guy, and he got his ass suspended for punching his girlfriend. So <sighs> They pick them uh, good. They pick the, the best I, of the best. Cream well, of the I'm crop, sure there's man. good frat guys out there, uh, I'm just saying. I've, say I've no. not met one. Awful. Paired up with his frat lifestyle, he was also on the college football team. Yeah, fuck yeah. So a lot of Dude. man touching. Was he a QB? Was he a sneaker? Was he a was he a lineman? Was he a He was a lineman. Very good. Lineman. Yes. The people that don't have to do anything, they stand yes. there and move three inches. Yes, defensive lineman. All you gotta do is bend over for a man and tangle up with a man. 
<laughs> while, uh, yeah, uh, your, your job is pretty much to be a flesh wall so the quarterback can uh, playmake behind you a little bit. Flesh wall. That's my new grind project. Yeah. Flesh wall. Tom's taking so, notes over there, drawing, yeah. drawing the logo. Looks like a bunch of scribbles. Yeah, I just spit on the ground and then kind of make it work in there. <laughs> God fucking damn it. So defensive lineman, not a lot has to go on. He's still a lazy fuck, and his coaches don't let him play any regular games just because he, he can't be bothered to squat and get in, and be in someone's way. So he is a honest-to-goodness lazy fuck. Uh, he didn't get to play any official games, but his coaches let him play one exhibition, and during that one game, Gaston and team creamed the opposition, 53-0. to zero. Cream! Creamed, Cream. Austin. Gaston really showed the Morgantown school for the deaf and dumb that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they played? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Gaston is that type of gentleman. History is a giant joke. Yeah. Oh, where's the ball? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gaston is a truant fuck. He goes AWOL from his legal studies. He's presumed to be cutting class to sharpen his detective skills. He'd be about town eavesdropping lawyers and intimidating uh, jurors, as we said. Uh, he thinks it's a greater service to the family lawyer business to do illegal things instead of law school. Just keep that in mind of his, like, dumb, fucked up logic. He's not the dumbest fuck in this story, but he is dumb. Well, he's dumb. Yes. So, Confirmed. So you have to play into your strengths. And to yes. be that kind of muscle, it's best to be really dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it, it helps with, like, a, the uh, I didn't know defense when you're on the stand. It's not like a mar this is not like a marginal threshold thing where it's just like my IQ only works um up to this point and oh, no, I, no, no. I I can't be a lawyer. It's like no, this is a spectrum. And wherever a you spectrum. land in that spectrum there's a job for you and sometimes it's being a big fat goon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust That's me. I I, I started the big fat goon union about 5 years ago. <laughs> if anyone wants to pay the dues, oh, the BFGU. I, I just put out a whole bunch of letters out. No one's paid the dues yet, but you know, I'm just hoping we're going to we're going to grow. Dude, the, you know what? There's going to be some big fat goons sending you $5 a month pretty soon. <laughs> just just instead of sending the the the, the dues, just go to patreon.com/rosemornofcast. There you oh, go. Start the union there. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I like where this is going. I won't interrupt this. Uh, His shit's elastic. Plugs are getting. <laughs> can 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 we take a quick break? I got a PP and you oh, got it. Yeah, thanks. Do it. Just keep rolling. So we got Gaston B means Gaston is also being truant and a scholastic fuck right now. Uh, as his attendance drops off, and he you know he's bellicose, which means prone to start fights. Something happens in school, in uni. We don't know exactly what, but he, he was suspended for a short amount of time. So and you're telling me this big fat idiot is not good in school. No, 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 no. Of okay. course not. All right. Just check it. He gets he gets suspended and he's such a big fat idiot he actually forgets to return from his suspension, whether it be just oops or he was butthurt too butthurt to continue school. Maybe he didn't know what suspension meant. Yeah, maybe he just mistook <laughs> it from expulsion. Yeah, like well they said I was not doing it anymore. So I, so I didn't. They didn't want me to be. I'm gone now. Um, so 
here's a iffy part of the research. We don't know if he actually left with a degree or not. He didn't. He mu- yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. That's yeah, what that's I'm not iffy. That's what everyone's thinking. But like, there's multiple <laughs> sources that say he left with a fucking degree, and I'm just like, how did he do that? If he got suspended and didn't come back for it, he couldn't Unless- even be a he couldn't even be a lineman. Like, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what everyone's thinking. Uh, so. And here's where it gets a little flakier because he starts lying in all his resumes. So he's got fucking overlap in his, uh, uh, you know, overarching career. So simultaneously, he's somehow still attending law school as a full-time student, uh, a superintendent of Abermale School District without a degree, allegedly. And he's also a towel maker for cotton tycoon James W. Cannon. All at the same time because he's lying on resumes and we don't actually know what he's doing. <laughs> I am very impressed with what you brought for me with your CV. You've done a yes. lot in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I'm wet right now. Do you have any towels? <laughs> uh, let's be honest. That's the only real thing on his resume right there is towel maker. Towel yeah, maker. Anyone can, be a, 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 anyone can supervise a school. They run themselves. Anyone can yeah. go to go to online uh, uh, Toro College and become a lawyer tomorrow. But you I've know what? It. Not just anybody can make a towel, a good towel. High thread count. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I have been using beach towels stepping out of the shower recently. How's that? Why the fuck are there other towels? Dude, I'm saying as a big hefty gentleman... I have only used beach towels because the regular towels don't go all the way around me. And oh, no. and also, a beach towel is far more absorbent. Just, it's way more absorbent. Yeah. Like, what, like I, I just started doing this. I'm like, always beach towel. I've yeah. used uh, th- those fucking white towels that are all soft and stuff like that. As uh, soon as you cloth. get that wet butt on them, they just start falling apart. They got nothing. Yeah. Beach towel. We throw that on top of you. Great. Got you, baby. It's all soaked up. <laughs> Quicker picker up. Uh, so he's got these this this conflict of his resume doing all these sorts of things. Uh, he moves around the USA a little bit, spending time in New York and Chicago mostly, the metropolitan areas where the hustle is. At the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you probably there's probably some overlap there. Let's be real. Right. Uh, he gets into a little bit of hanky panky in New York. Uh, we'll finish with that in a bit. But uh, while he's traveling around between New York and Chicago, he suffers a very, very terrible fall from a train platform. He cracks his skull. <laughs> he fucking falls off and cracks his skull open. Oh, I, should be, I shouldn't be laughing, but I definitely should be laughing. That's the only time ever that the Watch the Gap announcement would have been yeah, very Yeah, nice. there you go. They there made go. it for him because he was such a big, stupid idiot. Yeah, he's the reason we have to like listen to Alec Baldwin ask us to mind the gap. Hi, I'm Alec Baldwin. Fuck you, you poor people. Watch out for the gap. <laughs> so falls off, cracks his fucking head open, sues the platform manufacturer, Pullman. Ah. <laughs> all right. Uh, stating he has all this brain damage and personality shifts because of his... Uh, you know, the negligence on the uh, construction of the platform. Oh, wait, the the platform didn't crack or anything. He just fell off of it, right? Yeah, I guess his argument was like, oh, there weren't safety barricades or safety rails up or whatever. <sighs> oh, he's got that slow lobe, you know? <laughs> he's like, 
he wakes up, he's just like, I've been wronged. <laughs> Could have swore I was smarter before <laughs> Yesterday. This. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so su- sues the Pullman company, settles outside of court for cash. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, and stroke of good luck, just before this accident, he took out three different health insurance policies on himself and collected on each of them. So accident. Yeah. This guy right. this guy just was like, oh, well, here's I'm going to pretend I dropped my Reese's Pieces on the train tracks, and now I'm going to go <laughs> fall on it. Give me a fucking break. This was back before the internet. Insurance companies didn't check with each other. <sighs> so, collects thrice. Four I, times no, if well, you want to count the lawsuit. Sorry, I know that we, are make, we're, we use the internet as a platform, but fuck the internet. I want to fuck <laughs> over so many people, but I can't because of the internet. Oh, our podcast lo- lives on the internet. I know, right? <sighs> right certain right. areas of the internet. Dude, it's a Catch-22. It's like that novel Catch-22 when the guy's in the army and he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. You get a government dick, government-issued dick to come, and then you get your discharge. Jimi Hendrix episode. I like the uh, the descriptor of what a Catch-22 <laughs> is to Travis. Oh, yeah, that was that was. All treasure. of a sudden, Catch-22. I don't know what to do. <laughs> just shrugs his shoulders and his shoulders like cave in the side of his head <laughs> god no textbook definition of a catch 22 when you don't know what to do <laughs> don't know what to do bro i don't know what to do, I, do. I, had, I, I was gonna do a thing and then something else happened don't know what to do <laughs> catch 22 22 is a big number though it's pretty large so with a little jangle in Gaston's coin purse, he moves back to Chicago and starts courting a lovely lady known by the name Julie Patterson. But before he can marry her, a skeleton flops out of his closet. That hanky-panky in New York resulted in a jaded showgirl. Gaston met her, proposed to her, gave her an STD, and then ghosted her. Wait, he As gave her do? the STD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the 1800s. Who cares? Uh, it is the 1800s, and... Uh, a lot of people care, actually, because she can approach him for uh, a breach of promise, which is a whole fucking legal battle that uh, a fiancé that was broken off with can ask for at this time. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a morality charge. Yeah, that's why, it beca- that's, it's, why it's, it's popular now to give an engagement ring, so if you break it off with her, she can just take it and sell it. It wasn't really popular back then for this to happen, so they allowed this kind of lawsuit to go through. Wait, are you fucking kidding me? What? That's why we have engagement rings? Yeah, it's why the base of fiancé is finance. Like, you're financing them to be married to you. I hate that. I will finance you. Here is the most expensive diamonds I can buy. Oh, we will talk about the world's most expensive diamond in this episode. Cool. Yeah, you the Hope can diamond. Uh, it's the most expensive diamond in the world, the Hope Diamond. But if you propose to a woman with it, it's only worth about an eighth of the value. <laughs> she's gonna pawn it to a reality TV show star. Yep. So she's upset. She's like, "Hey, you proposed to me. I'm taking you to court." And Gaston settles with her with settlement money that he's got. So that's kind of like the snake in the grass. He is. He's. Suing people for money to cover his ass when he's sued and all that good stuff. So he quietly pays her off settlement under the table and he 
is unburdened by his prior fiance, he continues to woo Julie Patterson. And after a long courtship, they marry. And when uh, eventually, when 1914 rolls around, they start farting out babies. Uh, first pregnancy is a stillborn. Mm. Uh, second pregn- pregnancy, uh, a daughter named Julie. Uh, they nicknamed her sister. So that's weird, having a daughter nicknamed sister that's named after the mother. No, no complexes will come out of that ever. What? That's and weird. also an only child at this point. Yes. Uh, not for long, because she dies at the age of four. Oh! Ah, <laughs> uh, sis- sister. sister to grave. Sister to grave. <laughs> sister to gravy. Yeah. Third pregnancy is a son named Billy. He would survive well into adulthood, eventually becoming a raging alcoholic. So, so also good, a big fat good idiot. Genes. Yeah, good genes in Gaston. And uh, off the note, Gaston's current living relatives also have problems shaking down people and like accepting bribes and all that. So it seems like his fuckery is genetic and lives on to this day. So his current nice. relatives come from Billy? Uh, I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I think it's uh, Gaston's granddaughter, Via Billy, is still like kind of like this dirtbaggish. Well, means, why, means, why don't you at us? Yeah, any living Her name's Julie, too. Yeah. Yeah. So all the women in this family are named Julie for some reason. Does she have a Twitter? I don't think so. She's the living biographer that backs up Gaston. Great. So she's like, oh, he wasn't that bad, even though, like, he does this skullduggery all the time throughout his entire life. Money goes a long way. Yeah, if you've got a shitty relative, just accept that they're shitty. Like, you don't need to defend them, and there's no fucking family honor. Just be like... That person sucked. Yeah, you Travis. In the uh, I'm really. Uh, that's a little foreshadowing. It's backshadowing because we did that last week. Oh yeah, technically. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna be. Yes, uh, fine. I will I like edit that. That's a little backshadowing. <laughs> no, backshadowing. See, yeah, I like backshadowing. Around 1915, Gaston states he leaves his uh, aforementioned towel making job <laughs> while being chronically underappreciated. You know, he's he's not making those towels. Would you say he threw in the towel? Oh, Oh. Thomas, I can only be so erect. You're welcome, every six or seven boomers who listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) That joke was for you. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Where in reality, he was caught impersonating the CEO's son. He said it to be James W. Cannon Jr. to lure in shitty investors and customers under false pretenses. So he's like, I can swing you favors. I'm the CEO's son. Let's do this. Let's get in bed. What an idiot. He's bad. He's real bad. Now, him being a free agent on the job market, his detective boner re-engorges. He approaches a man called Bill Burns. He's kind of a famous guy. He's a rough-and-tumble American private eye with a business and some disposable income, if you catch my drift. Like he has wet wipes of money? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Gaston approaches Bill Burns and pitches some schemy business to him. Gaston thinks up the idea of offering detective insurance, believe it or not, specifically for banks and automobiles. More or less, collect a reoccurring payment, like every month, give me your money, and if your car or bank gets stolen, I'm on the job for no extra charge. That's a fantastic business model. It's like that's, some, that's some 2019 shit. Yeah. Oh, Travis, very nice. Yeah, that's got that's got a goose in it. So like you know it's, it's good. Duck. Whatever, it's duck or goose. Duck, voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. No, they got rid of him because he said I know, a racist I know, joke. I know, but I still like to think it. What is uh, the world coming to? 
We have to get racist insurance. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think the Prime Minister of Canada could have uh, used that one. Topical singer. That's true. Yeah, though. wow. Trudeau. True, yeah. though. True, though. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Aha. Uh, Bill Burns. This, this is honestly, I'm just going to put this out there for anyone listening to this. This is probably the worst episode we've done zinger-wise. <laughs> It'll get better. We got, we got, we got shit to do. It'll we have time. Better. No, I'm just saying up until now, there's a lot of time to get funny. We could make get it better. Zinging. Uh, Bill Burns likes the cut of Gaston's manipulative jib. Gaston is hired for the modern day equivalent of 30K. And he gets commission bonuses for seeking out new uh, clientele. And just as a background, WWI is kicking off at this point. Uh-huh. And Burns asks Gaston to do his dick work in German shipping lines. There's this soggy shit salad of a mess that involves American, German, and British naval shipping lines. International agreement is place. That's like, okay, shipping neutrality. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do the other thing. And Burns wants Gaston to prove the Germans are being snakes in the grass and violating this agreement. But in actuality, the Americans were. That was the whole sink of the Lusitania, right? Because <laughs> uh, the Lusitania yeah. was a, a passenger ship that just, oh, no. just, just happened to have like 50 tons of ammunition in the hull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The passengers were made of gasoline <laughs> and grenades. <laughs> Oops. And that's uh, uh, every time Megadeth makes a new song, that's the working title. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, I like that. Lusitania! Yeah! Though, if you catch the Germans, British, or Americans being naughty, that justifies some military force and expenditures, which is kind of what everyone's angling for. It's a race to catch the, a superpower with his hand in the fucking cookie jar. Oh, so they don't care. They don't care if it's German. They don't care if it's English. They don't care if it's American. Uh... Or are they trying Anything. to get Germans? They're trying to get Germans. They'll they'll take they'll take British uh, bites too, but they're focusing on Germans. Okay. And Gaston, our friend Gaston, like any good bisexual, fucks both teams. He accepts payment from a German spymaster known by the name Carl Boy Ed. <laughs> Carl Boy Egg. Great name. Boy Carl Egg. Carl Boy Ed. Boy Ed. Boy Egg. Boy Ed. Boy, boy egg, Ed. boy Carl with a boy K. Boy egg, boy egg, boy egg. egg. Oh, thank you for pointing that typo out, Travis. <laughs> Carl boy egg, German spymaster, posing as a diplomat, approaches Gaston, and Gaston is offered the position of German spy. And Gaston, you know, having his like detective boner, it's like I can do both. Double so, agenting. Double Looking, agenting. So he's working, working to fuck both teams. He's wor- yep. he's working for the Kaiser. He is working for the Kaiser. And so Gaston accepts dirty spy money from Carl. He's casually playing the world's superpowers for a fucking paycheck right now. Ooh, nice. Warring superpowers, mind you. Uh, is America, when he takes this job, is America in World War I? Because I know he, he, we held out for a while. Yes, this was in the middle of the holdout. He could have easily been the reason we went in. You know uh, okay. what I mean? He, he was like dancing around like... <laughs> He could have easily been the catalyst to make America jump in prematurely, or at all. Well, we know they did. But uh, he's playing all these superpowers for a fucking paycheck, and it's revealed later Gaston hires henchmen to just run around uh, international ports and docks and just deliver shady shit here and there. 
from oh. like different boats. And what he's doing is he's cementing his job security. He's showing his supervisors on each side of the conflict, like, hey, look, there's there's fuckery afoot here. You need someone to look look after this. I'm your guy. Pay me. So, right. Like, mm. but so now he's got a bunch of people working underneath him, dropping off, off the books. Yep. All, all, he's dropping off fun dip on all kinds of docks. <laughs> I think it was just like saltines or something, man. Yeah, I mean, fun dip, saltines, not really that important. They're just dropping shit off. But I'm kind of imagining the uh, the time that Bobby Hill worked on the racetrack, and he had that boss that was mentally uh, challenged. Oh, yeah. And he was yelling at him the whole time, like, I need a soda. Just run across the track, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a very good analogy, Tom. Except people are dying. Yeah, and there's war. Uh, c- come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. Gaston playing both sides of the conflict. He's taking $100 a week from the Americans, and his German paycheck is shady enough. We don't know. He's a spy. Spies don't keep receipts, whatever. I'm guessing spies don't pay taxes either. Yeah, (laughs) weird. (laughs) Uh, So he's he's raking in monies from both sides of the conflict, and he, you know, standard con man, he wants more money, even though he's, like, living it up. Uh, leeching off of governments. And right now we're going to take a side tangent and talk about Maud King really quickly. Who's a Maud King? Does he have legs? Maud King. She. She have legs? Maud King. Yeah, she had legs. How many? Standard protocol, too. All right, I don't believe you, but that's cool. Did you research Maud on King. that? Yes. Travis. <laughs> Let's talk about Maud King first, Bell. She's a nice lady. Thrice married. Her second marriage was to James King, where she gets her name. And James King was a big bald lumber tycoon. Cool. Dude, that's a badass boy. That's like when I, I moved out to Portland, honestly, just to become a lumber tycoon. Uh, not going yeah. so well. He's not a lumberjack, he's a lumber king. And uh, I want you to think about that. He's worth exactly $4 million at the time of his death. Ooh, so, that's a lot of scratch back then. That's a lot of scratch back then. He's a tycoon, it's his. He dies while married to Maud, and he wills half of that to fucking Maud, so Maud gets two million. And uh, this is one of those uh, areas where, like, the figures vary on my sources, but, like, just because how clean it is, we're going to use four and two million here. Okay. So she gets willed two million dollars. She gets loose with it. She spoils her family like the nice person she is, and she also uh, entertains the long, long long-ass line of suitors that want to hit her up as a sugar mom. Ooh, nice. So she's getting creamed. She's getting creamed, but she's giving custard oh, creams yeah. out to every single oh, lady yeah. and, and gentleman in her line. Yes, everyone angling for a sugar mom at the time. And while she's doing this, she does attract some seedy folk. You know what I mean? Some people who are less than noble in their intentions. And Maud King's family is justifi- justifiably worried that there is some unsavory fucks out there eyeballing her money. So they want to hire a strong detective man to scare away these conniving, ill-intentioned fucks. Nice. Maud King has a beloved, longtime protege. Her name is Julia Patterson. Oh, oh that's... Gaston's wife. Yeah. Yep. Gaston B-Means is on the job. He B-Means to these boys. He actually does some good dick work for Maud King. He exposes their intentions and successfully disentangles Mob from their nefarious scheme. And on top of all that, he successfully sues a handful of them on behalf of Mod and pulls in a little more bank for Mod. 
So what does he do? He waits in her house. She invites uh, she invites over suitors. They come yep. in. They're in the mud room. <laughs> yeah. There's a big old guest on B Means who just rips their pants off and spanks the shit out of them. Why are you here, boy? <laughs> yep. Why are you here right now? You gotta take all my money from Big Maud. <coughs> you gotta take a big money from Maud. Just imagine that voice coming out of like a fat-headed, like huge-eared detective. Yeah, he's just ringing. Just... He's just ringing them out like a dish towel. Oh yeah, just like oh yeah. <laughs> he grabs their dicks and just rings them out like dish towels. And never come back a... here again. He's got a lot of towel experience. He really <laughs> yeah. knows how to ring them. He's a towel boy. Oh, he wow. knows yep. it. There you go. He's just like, well, you try to, you try to fuck with that. Yeah, or, or maybe he just, <laughs> yeah, maybe he just makes them drop their pants and he like rolls up a towel and just flicks them. Oh wow! Does just that amputates a dick with a rat tail? Just like, jaw, it's off now. <laughs> that is so much fun. If I was like uh, the equivalent of like today, a uh, today's billionaire cougar woman, and this is that's a, what she is. Yeah, I would just like buy another house and just have uh-huh. Gaston in it. And whenever there was a gentleman suitor, I would just send him to that house, which is nowhere near my house. <laughs> and Gaston's just there in fucking drag, like, hey, big boy. Yeah, and just fucking with him. <laughs> like, just do anything to fuck with him. You know, like, go crazy. It could be different things every time. You know, one day it's the cross-dressing, feather-me-dick-hole me act. Ooh. And then the next day is, like, uh, he, he's dressed up like a mime. Oh, the ultimate mind fuck. And yeah. you gotta get him out of the box. He needs help. Can but he if you, But as soon as you get him out of the box, he turns into King Kong and fucking taps that ass. <laughs> With a staunch gorilla dick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the one thing uh, we do know about B-Means is he's creative. Because he's a German spy. He, uh-huh. He's basically like the producers of The Bachelor. Uh, come on, Ooh. this guy is creative. Oh. He was he was able to make money out of falling off of a platform <laughs> four times. I work and I don't make money. <laughs> this guy falls and makes money. Yeah, very creative. He kind of reminds yeah. me of Lou Perlman a little bit. Similarly, I remember you one time uh, just being on an escalator, a down escalator that abruptly stopped and you caught yourself and you're just like, why didn't I just fall all the way down? Dude, that was at work. And I was like, yeah, Fuck. yeah, yeah. I could have just made so much money if my stupid reactions just let my face get cheese grated along the fucking escalator down to the bottom. I could have been a billionaire. Yep. Ah! I'm not. So I'm you could have had an escalator put in your home. Ooh. <laughs> and you could have. That works. And then you could have fallen down that and blamed the guy who installed it. Let me just the say, the cycle. company I worked for had way more money than the escalator company. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, okay. Well, this is America. It's just about taking money from people. Yeah. So here's a, here's here's a uh, a little tip for everyone. Don't let your reactions win when the escalator abruptly stops. Fight those reflexes. Yeah. Take a Valium <laughs> every time you're about to jump on an escalator. <laughs> don't don't stop at the mouth of the escalator. I fucking hate that. You get to the side. Oh well, yeah. That's take your Valium. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't be an asshole. So Gaston scares away these big mean men and sues them while they're turning tail. So he's now trusted to Mod King. And Mod King rewards him, not with money, with something better than money. Puss, puss. Mod, not puss. <laughs> uh, Mod King rewards him with power of attorney and a position as her personal finance advisor. 
Gasson is having a fucking field day with Maud's money. He racks up a huge hotel bill debt. He wildly speculates on the stock market, predominantly striking out. He puts expensive art and antiques on Mod King's tab. And Gaston also has this brilliant milking idea of challenging her to weekly poker games. And she's just a fucking sheltered widow that doesn't know how to play poker. She's holding the cards <laughs> Like the wrong way in her hand. Wait, this guy is card sharking the person that is like basically just in charge of all of his money anyway, or all of her money anyway. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you have a financial advisor and they challenge you to poker, just fire that guy immediately. Yeah, you don't need that person in your life. That's like if you paid a dietitian, and the dietitian was just like, "All right, let's see who can eat the most butter." <laughs> just you don't you don't want that person around you. Stop giving that person money. <laughs> like it's it's bad. Just step away, and we can see Mod King isn't the uh, brightest light bulb in the knife drawer. I mean, to be fair, her name is Maud. Yeah. Besides money, she's got nothing going for her. <laughs> there you go. Don't make me uh, Maud. That's what the movie Harold and Maud yeah. is about. Maud oh. has nothing going for her, and she's eighty. And yep. Harold is a fucking pervert that sets himself on fire occasionally. Yeah. Uh, so Gaston is sensing the pig is kind of being bled dry. Like, oh, I took all of her money. Oops. So he sinks to a new super extra fucked up premium low at this point in his life. He forges and plants an addendum to the will that got Mod King $2 million of the late husband tycoon. So he's like, oh, d dude, I, I found this post-it that has an asterisk to the will. That gave you $2 million, and it says you actually get all the $4 million. So, like, I'll get, I can find you another $2 million if we push this will through that I just found and it is in my own handwriting. <laughs> Wait, where did uh -huh. the other $2 million go? Uh, it went back to the Tycoon Trust Board. Oh, okay. Like, so when he died, he's like, give half to my wife and give half to the company. Like his business. So, like, yes, the business. Right. <clears throat> so... If Gaston gets his way, he's essentially trying to take $2 million from the lumber business. Okay. I'm sure she... I'm sure, yeah, that's just wood. Well, I'm also... I'm what? sure Maude has some some shit built in that she's, like, part of the the board and, like, gets residuals Maybe. and dividends and shit from the lumber boys. No, dude, this is before women can vote. Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, but a man yeah. set it up. A man set it up. Yeah, but yeah, still, yeah, okay. he's probably like, I don't want to hear about it in the next life. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, Very true. Gaston yeah. has the power of attorney alongside being the family financial advisor. So he would have final say over whatever inheritance comes in, you know, from this flim flam trickery. And uh, he would even have more power if, ugh, I don't know, something bad happened to Mod King for whatever fucking reason. Like she so, tripped on a platform? I don't remember this platform being in my bedroom. <laughs> Fire somebody immediately. So, in 1917, Gaston invites Mod out for a nice leisurely hunting expedition. <laughs> Let's go shoot some rabbits, you old coot. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> It'll be in the country. We'll have a fucking oh. picnic. I'll bring the wine, you bring the cheese, we'll just find some crackers in the wild. It'll be a dandy old time. 
Come on, I pulling a Dick Cheney. I've never shot right a gun before. These poor little animals. Nope. She she don't she don't shoot guns. She's a sheltered widow heiress, so firearms are not her expertise. So you know what could go wrong? You know what I mean? Like have a nice secluded one-on-one uh, hunting rabbit. Rabbit easy to shoot. Easy. You can kill him with slingshots. Just so. bring some carrots. You're good. Oh yeah. So the two return from the hunting trip, and Maud has a shiny new gunshot wound to her fucking head. <laughs> oh! Oops! Yeah, pull the Dick Cheney! Right in the face! <laughs> right in Ma- there, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Did- oh, God, that's so funny, though. It's like, what do you think was gonna happen? You're yeah. out there with a guy named Gaston Means. <laughs> with a gun. He's got a fucking gun. <laughs> it was his idea. He's in charge of your money. Just, you're not clever, Mod. Hey, Mod. Rest in, rest in Greece. Hey, Ma, do you like you like cute rabbits? Me too. Just gonna shoot a few up there. Oh, you just stay here next to a rabbit hole where they all live. I will wait for them. Here, take a carrot. Just hold it there. I'm gonna take a picture, actually, with this gun. Okay, get ready. Smile. Smile right there. Okay, Maud, I'm gonna get all you, mother. Maud, I'm gonna get all you, mother. And I'm gonna... I'm gonna start a family... This is gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever go see well. that? Did you ever see that fucking Elmer Fudd bit where Elmer Fudd sticks his shotgun? I don't know why he's using a shotgun to kill rabbits. His shotgun in the rabbit hole and it comes out at the tree pointed at Elmer's own head. That's what happens. Yes. Just imagine this going on. That was actually time. her documentary. That was like a biography, like on uh, Lifetime. No. Bio mod. This is like a cartoon right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Are you ready for it to get more cartoony? Dude, I'm born ready for cartoons. I'm a child. (laughs) Maud is such a clumsy woman to have shot herself in the head like that. She is even clumsier to have shot herself in the back of the head Mm -mm. from a distance of four feet away. Oh, (laughs) whoops. Whoops. The back of my head fell off. From four feet away. The powder burns were like... uh, this didn't happen. Like this had to happen yeah. three or four. No, feet this away Gaston means was like I don't know. She put her fucking shotgun there, stupid woman, and she went and tried to go knit like four feet away. Oh and bam! God. I tried to build a platform in your house. She didn't want to do it. <laughs> Gaston's legal defense threw every fucking wild-haired, shit-brained excuse at the books, ranging from Maud throwing her fucking gun on a tree, and then like. Reclining and twerking on the trigger. What? Uh, yeah. She said uh, that she put the gun guard around her finger and spun it around over her head <laughs> like a New Year's, like a New Year's Eve, like noisemaker. Is this the yoga defense? I don't. Oh know my what god! This is. You know, Maud, let, let, Maud's pretty dumb, but she was doing fantastic yoga moves when we were out there on the field. Yeah. I think Gaston Means was like, guess what? That's not a shotgun you got. That's not a double barrel shotgun. That's a boomerang. You are Australian. Oh. And she throws it. Today. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, she. Once she throws her gun, I will just shoot her in the back of the head because she doesn't have yeah, a firearm. Yeah. And she throws it <laughs> and she actually boomerangs it, right? She's like, it comes back around, but she misses the catch. Yeah, she throws the boomerang. If you didn't know, when you throw a boomerang, it's actually because they're inherently very Australian. They throw that, you know, you, you throw it and it goes, good day, 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 good day
four feet away. Four feet away. I was thinking, I was thinking she like actually hit a rabbit and was so fucking excited she decided to uh, put the barrel of her gun between her feet <laughs> and just start doing the, like the worm and like in like you know in celebration. And then when she had like the full arc extension going, she just blew off the back of her head when the she trigger even like killed a dumb rabbit. This is like a seventy year old woman too, right? Yep. <laughs> well, at least she lived a good life. Yeah. And she she chose the right guy to be mean to her. Yeah. Yeah, who is still it's it's 1907 who is still a a not Nazi. A Kaiser German spy. Dirty, filthy crowd. Yeah, and I think we can all agree killing someone is the meanest thing you can do to them. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, so you could skull fuck them too for bonus points afterwards, but just to start, I think opening once move. you once you kill them, the mean points are all the way up. <laughs> Style is just, not accounted maxed. for. Okay, that's mean. I got you. It's fucking mean, dude. Yeah, it's Gaston pretty mean. be means. Then we have Gaston. His his ass is in uh, the, the 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 boiling water right now. He's like, I found her like this, Your Honor. She was dead. And uh, I'm I'm the fucking financier and the power of attorney for her. Uh, Gasson is acquitted after 15 minutes of deliberation. What? Uh, lawyer dad pulled some strings. He had two cousins on the jury, and the judge <laughs> didn't like coastal lawyer elites bullying a simple hometown boy. Dude! So, Are you kidding me? No. 15 minutes, not guilty. That's better than OJ! <laughs> it's just the American dream. Our legal system is the best in the world. America legal America. system. Yes. Suck my dick. Yeah. Yep. That's America. Fifteen minutes. Totally acquitted. Bunch of it, it, it was. It, it was a mistrial. Nowadays, you would look back on that. I mean, that is a fucking horrific mistrial. And now that he's found not guilty, uh, that phony will is still in play. By the way, so he just gets oh. a billion. No, no, no. He still has to. He he's free, but he still has to push that shit through. Okay. The salt so in this wound. Yes. So he's off the hook for killing Maud, and that phony will is still up for contention. He can push it through and get himself, presumably, you know, somewhere in the figures of two million more dollars. Double her fortune. Yep. Double uh, her fortune, double her fun. That's the taste when you shoot Maud in the back of the head. Eh. Dude, you, you had fun to work with. Put gun in there. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how to rap. What do you think I am? Look you how think, white he is. No, do you yeah, think you, I'm like one of those post-May loans or something? You don't have any idea how to rap. That's true. If I had right, more face tattoos, I think I could, but, you know. Yeah, more face tattoos solve everything. I could tattoo your face. All right. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. What do you want to do, shrimp boy, underneath my eyes? Yeah, because it's where you've been. Yeah, but not in cursive. Let's do it in Comic Sans, dude, or Papyrus. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Some Joker man. Yeah. Travis, is that a uh, tear you have? No, I'm close to your face now. I see that as just a balled-up shrimp. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Something about balled-up shrimp makes me cringe. Makes me very upset, too. That's yeah, why I said that's it. Yeah, that's weird. Huh. You're supposed to have that regal arc... Anyway, <laughs> Fibonacci uh, shrimp wince. Yeah, shrimp wince. So Gaston is off the hook, literally gets away with murder, but he still has this shitty will that he can hopefully push through and make make a million or two on. Uh, Gaston attempts to shake down. Uh, sorry, 
back up. Uh, he can do this, but his uh, reputation is kind of sullied right now. He's like, mm, something happened with that guy and that girl in the woods, and uh, uh, Skullduggery was afoot. So he's trying to replenish uh, his reputation right now. And he thinks it's a great idea to shake down the American uh, Department of Justice for a character letter. Mm. <laughs> having, you know, having, right. having done, like, you know, uh, detective work, international detective work for that and such. Uh, he's like, I'll, I'll get these head honchos that I'm kind of in leagues with to tell everyone I'm a good guy and then set my sights on uh, Mod King's uh, will or phony will that he himself generated. And uh, just so you know, the American Justice Department right now is a little bit fucking corrupt. A little fucking corrupt. We got the teapot dome fuckery going around right now. Does anyone know what that is? No. Nope. Uh, it's pretty much the, uh, like, the American government playing private favorites. And it has to do with oil, and they gave, they, they laxed regulations on a private company just because they got a little kickback in the mix. So there's a little bit of corruption in the American government right isn't now. Isn't that isn't that just like standard practice nowadays? <laughs> uh, there's there's paperwork and permits stamped nowadays to make okay. it on the up okay. and up, Travis. But yes, okay. in its infancy, it was it was a little bit rougher and saw as corruption. Okay. And uh, Warren Harding's the president. He's pretty embroiled with all this shit as it goes down. So Gaston approaches. Wait, War, wait, the, Warren uh, Harding? Are we in? Isn't this Woodrow Wilson? We're in World War One. Or are we past that? Uh, that we're, we're, we passed okay. that. We're, we're in the after effects of World so War like I. Late, right so, like, late teens, early 20s? Yeah. Uh, I think Prohibition's about to kick okay. off. So, keep that in mind for you. Cool. So, your boy Gaston B. Means uh, approaches American Justice, Justice Department and is like, Hey, can you uh, write a letter saying I'm a good guy? I need it for uh, reasons. And the department's like, uh, uh, what do you got in exchange for this? And Gaston is like, I can give you all this shit the Germans did. And the Germans are, you know, they have their ass on the line for fucking uh, post-wartime fraud right now. So he's like, I got them doing all this dirty shit. You have all of, you have the evidence I have. You can, you know, roast the Germans over an open fire and take them for, like, more reparations or, and, you know, post-war fines. Wait, but wouldn't that just expose himself as being a stupid dumbass? Hmm, maybe, Travis. So, Gaston has claims to have this fucking trunk. I got a trunk. It's full of letters. It's full of my diaries. It's full of evidence that you fucking want. You want this thing. And to Gaston's surprise, the Justice Department is just like, let's fucking do it. Let's make the deal. Oh, really? That You mean this work? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, let's rock and roll. <laughs> and this is this is seen as slightly patriotic because his international detective work was as a private eye, not as a government eye. So Gaston, you know, wasn't working for the government directly, so it's his uh call to give up the, this evidence. Right. So he's like, I really wasn't on their side, even though I was taking but, money from them. But, yeah. like, here's what I got. Yeah, here, here's the stuff I got that I'm willing to share. I'm sure he would have redacted some fucking shit. Right. So the Justice Department agrees, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll bite on that offer. But uh, trunk first, letter later. And Gaston is like, oh, did not see that coming. 
Oh. And he's like, ooh, ooh, I Don't you think you would have uh, fixed that before you made that offer? Nope. Mm. Nope. He's an idiot. He's, got, he's a fucking idiot. Uh, he's got that junk in like, the trunk. Like quinoa poop. He, <laughs> Gaston delivers one trunk supposedly full of junk to the Justice Department. The Justice Department gets their slimy hands on it, opens it up. Nothing. Nothing in the trunk. Empty trunk. Empty. What's going on? Empty. Nothing. Not even, uh, like, you know, phone books to weigh it down. This sounds like Papa John's will to Bo John. Just nothing. 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 I said the N-word in public. Bo, you're getting nothing. <laughs> that was you who said <laughs> yeah. it indirectly. Your pizza sucks, Bo. <laughs> That would be great uh, if we get that Papa Bo's pizza. Well, you know that. No, well, that's not how it happened, Tom, because he came six months after Bo was born. This is origin stories right now. We can't roast uh, Bo. All right, real quick, quick. I got to go. All right, go. we can't roast Bo. We can't roast Papa because they're alive. Origin stories. Yes. Bo was born six months later, vasectomy. No father will happen. What, the baby? Yeah, the baby. Oh, okay. Bo has a vasectomy six months in. Oh, okay. Bo has a yeah. vasectomy. Yeah, so it makes sense, no, Tom. No children. There's only one papa. Only one papa will rule us all. He's uh, yes. controlling the lineage. Yeah. You call him daddy. Uh, the trunk is totally fucking, fucking empty. And Gaston is just there. He's crying foul. He's crying victim. He's crying conspiracy. It was clearly a German or American operative that emptied the trunk because he didn't want some uh, juicy juice uh, getting spilt out and uh, avoiding a scandal and corruption charges. However, the government-appointed baggage claim, you know, just some, uh, I think it was like a Marine officer that was, you know, not doing anything that afternoon, went over, grabbed the trunk from Gaston. But the thing is, he weighed it. This guy weighed the trunk before delivering it, and the trunk on uh, delivery was the exact same weight as an empty trunk. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Weird, right? Wonder, wonder what happened. Bring there. our boys back from the Middle East. All these Marines. Make them join the honorable tradition of the TSA. Weigh oh, those no, trunks. Burly hands. Weigh those trunks. The horniest <laughs> of all government agencies. You can see it in their eyes. And Gaston must have been taking notes on anti-gravity paper that spontaneously underwent a dimensional shift mid-transit and fucking can't find it. So... The Justice Department calls bullshit. No character letter for Gaston. But he's still got to try and push this phony-ass will through, because that's just the type of guy Gaston is. All right. Yeah. And so, without his letter of recommendation, his legal attempt is unfruitful. He can't shake down any more money from the now-deceased Mod King. However, his failed legal misadventure put him on the hook for $57,000 in legal fees on both sides of it. Mm. And uh, Gaston is like, sure, I'll uh, send you an envelope ca- with uh, all the cash in it. Ready? Ready? Get you're ready for this, right? Dude, I've never been so ready before to receive money through the mail as I am right now. <laughs> receive cash through the cash mail. Cash is king! The fucking envelope shows up, and guess what? That's empty, too. Holy shit. Wait on! Stuff disappearing. Sorry, can I take a little side note here? Old people. No. Old people. Boomers. I'm looking at you. Boomers. Stop sending... Stop sending Visa gift cards and checks. No one wants those. Just give me cash in a card. How yeah. About, how about Venmo? Or Venmo. Because then, then the government can't touch it. 
Just get rid of Visa gift cards. They are the worst thing in the world. No one likes gift cards. Oh, they're awful. Buy me a Bitcoin. Yeah. Ooh, that's buy sexual. me seven. Just buy me part of a Bitcoin. I don't need a whole one. I understand there are a lot of money. Buy me, Just buy me yeah, a little buy one. Yeah, buy me seven Dogecoin. Yeah. Buy that's me a separate. stock. Buy me a stock in Papa John's. <sighs> and let's watch it tank. Let's No, Together. let's watch it. Let's like watch it rise like mm. the ashes of Bo who will die before Papa. And rise in you the know, atmosphere. We used to talk about Papa a lot. And now we're talking about him again. I'm not really feeling this. I feel like we've evolved as a podcast to be somewhat more tolerable. Uh, nah. Eh. Okay, let's continue. What a surprise. Envelope fucking empty. Gaston does his old thing. He's like, oh, shit. Oops, like someone took it out. And he goes on to sue Southeastern Express, old-timey Western Union. Mm, goes after yeah. them. He's like, you took the money out without breaking the envelope seal somehow. Look what you did. <laughs> Uh, Sue's, uh, the old-timey Western Union equivalent. Nothing will come out of it, so Gaston has to pay that out of his pocket. Uh, but, you know, he's bilked, uh, insurance companies, an old widow, and, uh, a Pullman platform company, so he has it, I guess. And, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're in the Harding administration, and it's fraught with fucking scandal, fucking corruption. Uh, there's something in- installed called the Bureau of Investigation, and, uh, and that's abbreviated... B-O-I. Boy. 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 Oh, you young boy. I'm Harding. You young boy. I will give you money. Boy. Uh, Harding. Uh, no, we as... will return to Harding, though. He was a piece yep. of dick that was ruined. Yes. Like a ruined piece of uh, dick. Like the part that has a spot on Poor it. guy. The necrosis part yeah. of the spoiled dick. Uh, I want you to think of the B-O-I as... Uh, the FBI's asshole younger brother. That's the perfect way to think oh, about it. Oh, you boy. And sitting in the big boy chair is Bill Burns, Gaston's old boss. Because, hey, corruption is fun. Uh, Burns is looking for enforcer-type guys to get stuff done under the table. No, not blowjobs, Travis. Just some brutish enforcers and the like to carry out uh, federal... Wait, Bill Burns giving out blowjobs? No, I just said no. Bill Burns. Bill Burr. Bill Bill Burns. Are you are you changing all the player names in this one, Travis? <laughs> it's Carl Boy Egg. Yeah, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Okay. I would never Burr accept now. a blowjob from Bill Burr because he would just be mad at my dick. <laughs> yeah, he would be all the whole time. That's why I yeah. like it. Would you look at this? That's not you, a joke worth dragging you, on. You got to do like the scream away from the microphone, like. I'm sucking his dick. Tom, that was a really good. That was a good, really good. True, I I truly enjoyed that drink you just took. Oh, you mean like this? Mm, that's a truly Ooh. excellent drink. That's efficient, efficient form. Nice dick. <laughs> All right, nice dicks aside, uh, because Gaston is not a nice dick. He's a mean detective. Uh, yeah. Gaston applies for this opening with his old boss and gets a job, and the shitty Eighteenth Amendment is now in effect. Oh uh, yeah. Prohibition. Him, there oh, you go. Drink. Prohibition. Drank. Have a sip. I just finished my truly seltzer. I just finished. And now I'm thinking about an asshole making towels. Uh, I just finished a sip of. It's not seltzer. It's more traditional. It's called Rolling Rock. You kids oh, and their white claws. I'm all about Rolling Rocked. Understood. But back in the day, you wouldn't be allowed to drink your Rolling Rock, Travis, because Prohibition is going on, and Gaston has a very important job within the Bureau of Investigation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's supposed to pursue and track down bootleggers. Ah. But Gaston realizes it's more profitable to shake them down instead of throwing them in jail. Of course. Yeah. Because they're yeah, going to keep course. doing it. Yeah. They have to feed their families. Oh, I mean, yeah. the bootleggers had f- just, tons of fucking money, too. And yep. they had a lot of families. Yeah. <laughs> South. Uh, starts shaking down these bootleggers in various ways. Uh, Gaston, off the books, hires a fucking idiot to help him do this, an accomplice, if you will. Uh, his name is Elmer Janecki, and he is a chicken and egg salesperson. <laughs> Yo, dude, for real? Just sell the egg. <laughs> No, selling eggs doesn't bring in the bacon because it's no, you Well, if you want to make bacon, you got to sell pig, but just sell the egg. Yo, but I'm saying, though, you ever want to like do a great sandwich, you got this towel, right? Put the bacon, put the eggs in the towel, wing it around your head real fast so you get that kinetic energy. You get that, you know, and you're swinging it around. You're slamming it on a rock. It cooks instantly. <laughs> that That's what we call the Iowa breakfast. Yeah. That was the dumbest sentence that included kinetic I've ever Shut heard. Shut up, Cody. It's so smart. <laughs> Dude, I, they hired me at SpaceX. I just applied to SpaceX. Yeah, get it? Tra- Travis has sex in space with his hair. <laughs> that has got to be the messiest fucking time ever. That's what they, something they don't tell you in, in space. When you go in space, you can't have an erection. No. <sighs> It's it snakes it snakes the other way in space. You get excited and then you just get real big fucking lips. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, dog. <laughs> so we got we got Gaston and Elmer shaking down uh, bootleggers. They'd accept tip off money. They'd give you a heads up so you could avoid a, a raid. Uh, they would accept make it disappear money for when you did get caught. You know, mm. the paperwork would be lost. And they even accepted special permit money if you wanted to avoid the whole mess. They'd just give you a, a, a special certificate, you know, written oh, you crayon. Mean like, oh, like medicinal alcohol? <laughs> yeah. They Dude, that go. was a real yeah. thing. And, and and the right to sell it and make it and all that. Yeah, yeah. it's just medicinal. I need. I have a hard time going to bed at night. <laughs> I got a real hard time going to bed at night. May I please have a drink to do it? <laughs> Anything you want. So. Good. So we got this twosome. We got Gaston and Elmer shaking down all these bootleggers for all these kinds of payments. Proactive, preactive, reactive, just in case you get caught. Uh, The partner in crime, Elmer, the chicken-selling idiot, is issuing receipts. Mm. Oh, really? That's not how you shake down people. Yeah, does he not know how crime works? I, I guess that wasn't taught in chicken selling school. Excuse me. That's the whole reason the Operation Casino fell through. Because one uh-huh. guy was taking numbers. Oh, yeah. No books. Wait, no was, books his, was his receipts written on hand towels? Because then you can blame Gaston B. Mean. Oh, it was him. Look it. It's his towel. <laughs> his stationary towel. So, Elmer, the idiot, is, is giving receipts out for all these bootleggers. Like, so-and-so paid this much money on this date. Good. <laughs> and Gaston looks at him and is like, my God. God, you are a fantastic idiot. That'll be a great patsy later, and he keeps them on. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? You need, you need a fall guy when you're doing bad shit. Dude, I do dumb Standard. shit all the time, and if I can find someone dumber than me... Especially if their name's Elmer? Oh, yeah. I'm, keep, I'm keeping that phone number. <laughs> you keep we're, Elmer around. We're hanging out. <laughs> so, Gaston is taking all this money, and he's actually fucking ghosting 
on his promised return. So he's not doing it. And what are bootleggers going to do? Lodge a complaint with the federal government? Dude, that's no. like a any weed dealer in a state where it's not yeah, legal. There you go. There you it's go. It's like, yo, you gave me regs, but you said it was gorilla grape in my dick. I'm gonna tell the police. Like, nah, dog. Can't do it. Yeah. Oh, just 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 to elaborate on Travis's point, uh, it's like when one illegal thing is happening, and then you exploit it with another illegal. Yeah, thing. Oh, that's right. Gaston. That's Tom, Gaston. That's why baby. you're the attorney of the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Travis is the doctor. <laughs> you're the attorney. I like this. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he's fucking shysting bootleggers, but one of fucking Elmer's receipts makes it back to the Department of Justice, where fucking. Uh, Gaston is fucking suspended from the bureau. He's like, hey, what is this? We don't like you. Take a break. Sit back. So he's suspended. He's not making a paycheck, but they did not revoke his access privileges. So Gaston just continues to show up and take money from bootleggers, even though he's suspended. So he's nice. like, I gotta, ma- I gotta make my paycheck up somehow. Money, please. Dude, but what is your access privileges, privileges in the 1920s? Like, there's no internet. It's like, it, you could be in this room. They didn't take away his keys, okay. I guess. All right, they didn't even have printers, yeah, right? They they didn't have holographs. There's nothing. It was just like <laughs> typewriters. Uh, that's it. It was a hall pass. <laughs> it was all yeah. based on hall pass. Yeah, a big old dry board. Like eraser. this isn't any CSI yeah. shit where there's two people on keyboards trying to protect the internet from being like safe. That was NCIS. Whatever. This is like, dude, you can't. You can, even, you, you should shouldn't be in this building. And he's like, nah, I should. And then he's like, okay, cool. Access. I'm, I'm trying to. I've been trying to tell people this for a while. I think I've said this once before in the podcast, but let's say you're at a concert or a sporting uh-huh. event. You want to get backstage? Just bring a clipboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? And, and walk with confidence. If you walk with confidence, have a have a clipboard, you can go into any room in the fucking world. Ah. Clipboard and a flashlight. And a flashlight. Yeah. Uh, mm, okay. <laughs> So he's suspended. He's still doing shady shit. Even more of fucking Elmer's receipts turn up. And the Department of Justice is like, oh, you're going to get it now. So they have a legal proceeding against your boy Gaston for taking dirty money from bootleggers. He's Mm. charged with over 100 violations of the Volstead Act, anti-prohibition law. Or prohibition pro 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 prohibition law. Uh, Gaston hires a slimy lawyer. Uh named Thomas Felders, and the court date is supposed to be in December 1923. And when the court date's on the horizon, Felders suddenly has a decline in health. He doesn't feel too hot. He's like, oh, can we get a later court date? And they're like, fucking granted, you slimy lawyer type. And when the revised court date shows up, suddenly Gaston isn't feeling too hot. He's like, oh, can we get a later later? I feel like I ate my shoes again, which I did. It happens in my sleep. Oh, shouldn't have had that green and, clam chowder. And when the revised, revised court date looms, a miracle happens. The entire Department of Justice that's pressing Gaston has a congressional hearing. They're in trouble themselves. Uh. So the... So the entity that was about to slap Gaston in the wrist is getting slapped by Congress. Like, hey... Teapot okay. scandal. We're doing. We're draining the swamp. Nice. Smacking your butts. Good times. <laughs> and Congress is just like we. We need star witnesses to press charges against the Department of Justice, which is already a fucking Cody tunes. Don't scheme. tell me what? that Gaston is one of the witnesses. 
Oh, <laughs> yes. Congress hits up Gaston to testify against himself in the past. Oh, beautiful. Gaston, yeah, Gaston's like, oh, me, me. I've seen the Department of Justice do shady shit. They've taken bootleg bribe money. And meanwhile, Gaston has that wad in his front pocket as he's like... Oh, Dude, he's me. taking bootleg bribe money. He's taking German bribe money. This guy is the worst. Oh, yeah. He's fucking garbage right now. I like him. I like <laughs> okay. him. Okay. Tom, he can't even be a lineman. What are you going to do with him? You can't put him in the deli. He doesn't know how to cut meat. I'll put him in goal, man. I'll put him in goal. <laughs> he's a brick. He's a wide guy. He's good at sports against deaf and dumb. Keep that in mind. He's yeah, got he that going for fucking bashing Anne Frank into the ground. I'll find a place for this guy. I like him. He's in my company, Roast Mortemink, <laughs> which you guys have nothing to do with. Wait, you I, got that? Because I bought it. You got for, that domain name? Fuck Yeah. You. Go there and, I, and you can buy Goulden's Mustard for double the price. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like a great oh, wow. business model. That's a hella scheme. Yep. It's not actually gold. I kiss every bottle. This is for you. Jesus. Uh, Gaston is brought in and begins uh, a testimony, just weaving a shitty web of lies. And he's doing this to angle for immunity, like I said earlier, for the bootlegging shakedowns. Like, I want to be safe from the shakedown I perpetrated while tattletailing on myself. And Congress, for whatever reason, doesn't have a fucking problem with this. Congress is just trying to get uh, a gentleman by the name... Harry Darty, the head of the department, they're trying to they're trying to get him out of there. Shannon so Shannon Darty's penis. Yeah, that. Oh, why is it like? <laughs> so why, why is it Harry? Why is it a hot dog kicked across a barber shop? Floor? It's way too straight, <laughs> unnaturally straight. Gaston up to his old tricks is like, I got this goddamn trunk full of all the dirty shit, and you want it? The dirty shit on myself. You, you want this, it'll bring down the department I'm a part of. It's very confusing. He actually doesn't have it. He's a shit note taker, so he hires stenographer to start backdating generated evidence for three years. So he's just like, go for it. And he, he, he even claims he's got uh, correspondence from uh, Warren, Warren Harding himself, and Congress thinking like, oh shit, this uh, shit streak might run all the way up to the top. We got, we got to see. Oh my God. We got to see if the president is in on this shit. So Congress is like, give us, give us, give us the trunk, give us the trunk again. And Gaston is like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, let me, let me get that. And as is on his way out of the courthouse, he uh, uh, lifts, he steals a little bit of uh, stationery from a senator, Senator Brookhart, and okay. he gets his secretary, Gaston gets his secretary to write a letter posing as Brookhart, saying Brookhart already picked up the evidence. So oh, he's nice. like, oh, I already gave it to you. This this senator said so on his own stationery. Like, yeah, Bruja guy. If it's gone, whatever it's his name is. Yeah, if it's gone, it's your fucking fault. I don't. Oops, whatever. Whoops. It says here in the I, letter, and Brookhart is immediately like, "That's not my signature. I don't have that typewriter in my office." <laughs> and come on, Gaston, be nice. You got to be better up on that. He's not nice. He's be mean. nice. Gaston, be means. So he's like, oh, shit. And he doesn't... That that play does not get him immunity. And before he gets a second chance at a mutiny, uh, the asshole in question, H Harry Doherty, steps down of his own uh, accord. 
So that's mission accomplished, trial over, Gaston doesn't get his immunity and has to go back unprotected to answer for shaking down bootleggers. It seems complicated. Yes, very. But it's not, and it also it doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, well, he done. So. That's, that's, this is, I like him still. <laughs> uh, I don't really like him. It's like he's just done fucked without a condom, and now he just done, yes. he just done got the, the government pregnant, and now he's like, that's not mine. Good analogy. Oh, that makes right? sense. Right? Yes. Cody, am I right? Perfectly. <laughs> Um, so Gaston has to answer for his shakedown, bootleg shakedown. He doesn't have protection, but he's got a dumb chicken farm of a patsy, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, dumb Elmer. Uh, Elmer's glue. Yeah, he's Elmer's, Elmer's glue from chickens. Uh, he's got a patsy. So the two split the sentence down, uh, mostly down the middle. Uh, it, was, it was a fucking slap on the wrist, though. The original sentence was four years and 15K. Fine. Uh, but there's two of them, so they split it. And Elmer's fucking pissed. Like, well, come on, what the fuck? I was just out here trying to raise eggs to chicken. <laughs> and write receipts for you. So, they split the sentence. Uh, Gaston bails himself out because he's got a little coin. Uh, refuses to bail Elmer out because, like, you know, you don't bail your pats. Yeah, out. You fuck that, dude. Elmer is pissed. Probably because he can't, uh, he's away from his chickens for so long. <laughs> I don't, I don't like means anymore. He's mean. <laughs> He's mean. Uh, but because uh, your idiot boy Elmer wrote receipts for everything, the IRS feels they can tax the bootleg shakedowns. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. How does... Wait, Ask hold for, on. Yeah. IRS is... No, you can't do that. That's illegal. You're taxing there's illegal receipts. things. <laughs> yeah, but there's... They didn't do the illegal. They're... they're they're yeah, going but, after the illegal doer. Yeah, but you can't tax illegal transactions. That's stupid. They probably filed it as like un unrelated gifts or something like that. These this country at the time was just a sad state of yeah. Let's hope this goes over well. <laughs> just just shooting yourself in the foot, reloading, and shooting the other foot as soon as you can. Exactly. I you know what? I think they're just human nature. Oh, I got this foot. It works. Let me shoot this one. All right. No, this one don't work no more. Let me shoot this one. I'm out of feet. Can I borrow your foot? I'm doing an experiment. <laughs> so the IRS is like, hey, fuck it. We got receipts. Let's shake him down for his shakedown money. IRS charges uh, your boy Gaston $267,000 of back taxes on bootleg shakedowns. That's a lot of skrill. $3.7 million in a modern-day equivalent. Yeah. Uh, mm. I- and keep in mind, Elmer, rotting in jail, pissed off, flips on Gaston. So he's like, you know, you should have bailed him, dude. Dude, by the IRS doing that, they just legitimized that practice. Oh, oh, maybe that's why it was repealed. Oh, oh! American oh. government lost out on oh. money. Oh. Oh. Capitalism. Oh. oh, we need it. Oh, we need to do it again. That was money. Uh, Gaston can't pay this shit back. His pockets ain't that deep. So the IRS uh, doubles up his sentence, four years in uh, prison. Uh, four years for everything Gaston does at this point. Not huge. Four years. He kills those four years gardening uh, doing clerical work for the prison. And he uh, takes the opportunity to uh, sell some biography. He 
meets a writer on the outside or a writer on the outside approaches him and he tells her just this fantastical story but just shuffles in all these lies and you know shakes her down for royalties too while he's at it nice yeah so that, that's kind of why all the fucking numbers are a little different something's embellished this it's probably way less than all this yeah everything was probably amplified by like five or six yeah. yo um and, uh, hold on any ninnies out there uh anyone that listens to the show you want to write a biography about me or tom or cody let me know yeah hit us up follow us on my dick i actually just wrote a biography for myself yeah. oh, recently yeah. Well, I'm st- it's still a work in progress, but I'm up to two pages. Hey, look at that. Mm, you, Got me beat. You know what I was just about to say is that I hate people that write biographies when they're still alive. Me right? too. Gotta get to I that. was just having this talk with someone where I, I really hate... I, what I even ha- hate worse is these biopics that come out uh-huh. about people who are still alive. Yeah. Oh, that's, but like yeah, also they'll come you. out with yeah, a bio... L- l- like straight out of Compton. Yeah. Like that was just Dr. Dre... Basically whitewashing his own yeah. past, not talking about women beating and stuff, just like, this is what it do. And then, like, when Stephen Hawking was still alive and they did that movie, and it's like, the guy's yeah. alive. What are we doing I mean, doing also, here? someone like Keith Richards has had, like, seven biographies now. You know what That's I mean? Too like, much. I don't know the exact number, but he's definitely had multiple biographies. Like, he had a biography in yeah. the early 90s. He had a biography, like, two, 10 years ago. Like, stop. It's all dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So he serves this four-year sentence, killing time, doing all these fun things, some of them involving lies. As we said, World War I wraps up. But currently, America is in, is peen deep in the Red Scare right now, or a a wave of the Red Scare. Mm. And an investigator named Isley uh, prospects Gaston, the now free Gaston, to... Hunt some commies. Ooh. Go under surveillance. Get those. Get those redmen. Now uh, to get, a, get to get this job, Gaston takes Isley out and identifies suspected communist operative just sitting in public reading a fucking newspaper. Gaston's like, oh, sh- sh- there he is. Look at him doing commie yeah, shit. Yeah, then guess it was, that- it was just a it was just a fucking rando. Yeah, that- it was just a fucking rando yeah. on the street. So just a, it was just a fucking rando. We find out later it was just a it was a it looked like he was spying because he was a reporter. Taking, uh, you know, organizing his notes uh, communistically, I guess, in a very communist mm-hmm. way. Uh, and this gets Gaston his job tracking down uh, fucking communists. And according to Gaston, it's weird because the communists only like the really nice places, you know, mm-hmm. five star restaurants, resort hotels, amusement parks, even. Like, that's. That's where the communists are, and that's where Gaston is, like, you know, footing his expenses. Oh, yeah. The- like, oh, no, we're weak. You're for the communist. It's it here she back. <laughs> yep, shit like that. That's what he would do. And I like going down Fudge Mountain. Let's go down Fudge Mountain together. Communists there. And he, and he would literally be, like, putting, like, funnel cake on the government. Uh, it's not government. On this private uh, detective agency's tab. This is great. Yeah. I love this. And he fucking travels around. He goes to Vancouver, Mexico, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York. Only the nice places for these communists. And Isley the Sap is getting all this fucking expenses from these really nice places. And he's like, look, Gaston, you, you got to fucking, you got to knock that off or prove to me like there's actually communists here. Hey, I went to Red Robins 74 times. 
I st- red it's Robin. It's a red, right? The red scare. The the commies are there. They're buying the burgers. And when you go to Red bu- Red Robins, they don't ask you how you want your burger done. They said, "Do you want it a little bit of pink or no pink?" There's no medium race, all communists, nope. a little bit of pink. And endless fries for everyone. What kind of ideology yeah. is that? I got you. Sick people. Isley, Gaston's boss, is just like, you, you got to knock that off. You got to come back here and you got to prove to me you're actually hunting commies. And again, Gaston doing shady shit to reinforce his job security, hires a friend, gives him like 50 bucks, and it's just like... Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me and my supervise you, supervisor catch you doing shady shit around the city all day. And you know what I mean? Like, he pays this guy to, like, look around his shoulder, drop packages and fucking mailboxes, and just be, like, a little sus in the open. And sure enough, that cements Gaston's job, you know, so he can further hit up Red Robins and amusement parks and all that good shit. Yeah. Nice. And if that's not enough for Gaston, he uh he wants to get on get in on the uh Lindbergh baby action. Remember that shit? Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. That he uh, uh he sticks his Are you going to do a quick synopsis? Yeah, a uh, quick synopsis. 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 Uh if you don't know, famous sexual pilot Charles uh Lindbergh uh had his 20-month-year-old son baby kidnapped and a ransom letter filled with spelling and grammatical mistakes uh Grammatical mistakes surface. The kidnapper signed the letter with an interesting cipher. It was pretty much a Venn diagram with like holes poked around it and through it. And word got out. It was hot, gossipy news spurted all over the bare chest of American news outlets. Uh, the ransom was partially paid, and later Junior's corpse was discovered with his head smashed in at the side of a road. Bad times all yeah. around. Yeah. Well, the rest was you know what? Uh, maybe we can return to Lindbergh because he was also a piece of shit. Yeah, Nazi. I didn't know he was but... a Nazi. Oh wow. Okay. That's a whole yeah. different episode. We're gonna get into Lindbergh. Gets yeah, his own episode. absolutely. What he fly around the world the... in twenty eight oh. days? So did Jackie Chan in the movie. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, uh, an arrest was made, but history does not know for sure which fuck which fuckwad of a human killed the baby and wrote the letter and accepted the money. But Charles Darwin, time, well, he was it was, was Amelia ghost. Earhart. Oh yeah, Amelia Earhart's dick <laughs> over the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, but for the sake of our timeline, let's rewind just after Junior was kidnapped and he's still presumed alive for uh, this point in the story. Okay. Gaston, here's the news break. And I was like, I can be part of this. I can help. I'm a detective. Let me get in there and help. But he doesn't want to help too much. He wants to uh, milk it a little bit, but he wants to milk it, like, backstage. He doesn't want to be showing up in uh, the news highlights and such. So he Right, well, he's got a hot name on him. He's got, so a, he's got, he's got a stinky hot name on him right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's to play second fiddle to, uh, to this investigation. He approaches friend of the family... Evelyn Walsh McLean, and she's a wealthy, wealthy socialite heiress. History remembers her as an owner of the Hope Diamond, and that's a big fancy 45-carat diamond the size of a chicken nugget. Oh, she owned that and, shit? Uh, she owned that shit, and that's probably why Gaston approached her, and probably not the Lindberghs directly. Mm. Uh, Evelyn, I want you to know, is a rich dumbass. That has the best intentions. She's like, I'll, I'll bring the baby back to my I feel friends. like that's his, if he was, if he, if Gaston was to set up a Tinder profile, I would say, 
looking for a rich dumbass that has the best intentions. Must be, must be old. I will suck on any part of your body to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, right? Especially if you got a chicken nugget sized diamond. And uh, Gaston approaches the rich dum-dum and proceeds to weave this interesting, intriguing, that lie to her. He's like, I know where the baby is. The baby's south of the border. There are some players in the mix, and they all have code names uh, in his narrative. Uh, Gaston's code name is King. The antagonist kidnapper's name is Mr. Fox. And uh, Lindbergh Baby is referred to as The Book. So he's, he's got these players. He's making him do shit. He's, he's got her on the hook. He's, so he just made all this shit he, up. Yeah. Guess it. what? The uh, baby was actually had seven. It was, what do you call a seven tuplet? A, a quad uh, septuplet. And it was actually Harry Potter. <laughs> he got it from the future. Guess what? Harry but J.K. Rollins actually owned the Hope Diamond and was in my pantaloons. Expensive pantaloons. I love sci-fi. <laughs> it's good. Uh, he hires uh, the same guy that he hired to be a communist to play Mr. Fox. So he's like, here's another 50 bucks guy. Let's, let's do uh, something else. And Mr. Fox approaches Evelyn and he's like, I have baby. You want baby. Come to Mexico with briefcase. $100,000 in briefcase. Mm, this Mr. Fox sounds fantastic. Yes, thank you, Travis. He also sounds Russian, even though he's supposed to be Mexican. Uh, I think the draw point was just Mexican, just to get out of the States. Gracias, amigas. <laughs> amigas. So, Muchachos, gachuleras. Putanemos. Gracias. Got some guy playing Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox demands $100,000 for the baby from Evelyn. And Evelyn's a rich bitch. She's like, yeah, sure, anything for the baby. They put $100,000 in the fucking briefcase, and they go to the drop point. And before they drop it, Gaston turns over to Evelyn and is like, uh, we should put an extra $35,000 in here just to make sure they're happy. And she's like, okay. So the briefcase has $135,000. Oh, just because I went to Chick-fil-A last week, I earned way too much chicken nuggets. I know that I have a friend that does that, but like, oh boy, Jesus got inside of me. That's what the pickles are for, the Jesus entry lubrication. Uh, so Gaston waddles out into, like, I, I assume the dark of night with a briefcase with $135,000, leaves it at this Mexican drop point, and then waddles back and is just, and now we wait for details for the location of the Lindbergh baby. Nice. Good, Good. plan of action. Yeah. S- surprise. No details come. It's like, oh, oh. And this, uh, for whatever reason, whatever reason, miffs off Evelyn just a little bit. Well, the briefcase is bit, gone, though, right? Yeah, that, that was Versace, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah, she's, she's pissed off the briefcase is gone, not the 135K. <laughs> Evelyn realizes she's a bit of a dumbass, phones up the FBI. Yes, the FBI. They're, stand, they're in play. They're stand-up. No more uh, Bureau of Investigation. Boys. It's federal now. No more boy. Now, now, it's, it's, fe- now it's female body investigator, well, inspector. We gotta find this racist son. <laughs> With government funding. So the FBI shows up. They see what's going on. They're like, Evelyn, you're a dumbass. Gaston, you're coming with us. They throw Gaston in jail immediately. 
And nice. by the end of 1933, he's seen two trials that eventually sentenced him to 17 years for the entire hoax and possibly indirectly, indirectly killing the kid. You know what I mean? Like if he's, you know, setting up false red flags, you know, south of the border, he could have. He didn't kill any kid. No, he didn't kill any kid, but he could have led a previously successful on the track investigation off the rails. I know. I, I understand that, but that's speculation. Yes. Yeah, so. but he's fucking with this kid's life. He's gambling on Remember, it. Remember? Yeah. Well, no. Hey, Travis, shut up because I like this guy still. Uh, oh, he flipped. He's just making money. Okay. I think he's gambling with children. He's like, let me let me get a hundred dollars on on child. Yeah, that's how let I see. Let me like it. fucking spunk on the table. Let me play craps. With All right, my let kid. me ask. Every time you've gambled and you win a little money, what do you do with it? You buy something stupid that was probably made in Pakistan or Vietnam. Uh huh. So you're secondhand gambling with children no. because okay, it's it's always made by slave labor, little babies. Just making your soda stream. Tiny baby hands. This Tom, is what happens. The second. So, first hand, second hand, who gives a shit? You're just fucking with babies. And every time you're gambling at Mohican Sun, how old do you think that son is? Well, I don't He's fuck around at Mohegan Sun because okay. that's a child. You're Mohegan Sun. Yeah, you're Mohegan Sun, exactly. Yeah. All right, Cody, let's get more, man. Uh,. Uh, upon entering and exiting the courthouse for these hearings, uh, he's getting fucking roasted. He's getting pulled over the coals. He loves it. Everyone's angry at him, and he's just, like, loving it. He's drinking it in because, remember, he just likes attention. It doesn't matter if people want to fucking crucify him. So he's there. Right. He's soaking it up even though he's, like, indirect. He's about to be, like, legally hanged. He's like, ah, it's me. I did it. I'm the one that, like, created this Lindenberg. I keep saying Lindenberg. Lindenberg hoax. <laughs> and he uh, he gets his ass thrown into Northeastern Penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, and the warden there decides, oh, you got it too nice. You got it too nice here in Pennsylvania. So they transfer his ass to fucking Leavenworth. And if you don't know, Leavenworth is a big boy jail. Big boy jail. Uh, where is Leavenworth? Kansas. Oh, oh so great. his anus went... There's no place like so home it's like, forever. It's like yeah. the Grinch. Uh, like, you know, his heart grew... 20 times the size. But it was like more like his uh -huh. anus grew. 20 times the size. <laughs> in one night. <laughs> you got it. Uh, he's in Leavenworth. Big boy jail. Unfun. Can't do a lot of things mm -hmm. there. No internet. No Wi-Fi. Uh, means bribes a guard for an audience with the warden. He's like, oh, tell the warden I have, I have things. This is Gaston's you know, tried and true trick. He's like, I got this trunk full of evidence that you want. I know who actually killed the baby. I actually know who kidnapped the baby. I can point out a huge fucking communist ring that's subverting America at its very roots right now. I can recover the missing $135,000 briefcase. He probably spent it himself, but he's like, I am chock full of information that does not deserve to be in jail. Mm. And the warden finally stops this crazy train of an episode we're on and does not believe him. For the first time. Yeah! For the first time in Gaston's life. Does he kill life. him? <laughs> Just for life. <laughs> yeah, the warden gets up. The warden is um, Clarence Boddicker. Oh. From RoboCop, <laughs> my favorite movie. Is that Red? He stands up, he goes... Yeah. Yeah, it's Red That's from the, the 70s show, and he goes, Not today, you meanie, and shoots him in the dick. <laughs> Shoves his foot up his ass. Yeah. Oh, he gets denied. Doesn't even get a chance to lie at this point. He will mm. never live to see the outside world again. Ooh. Travis, 
Just because you don't have a mouthful of soup, ask me how he died. Uh, Shut up. How did this... Don't rat me out. Sexual boy with an expanded asshole, with an expanded wallet, with an expanded sense of seniority pussy, die. 1938, December 7th. Gallstone problems signify the begin of a spiral of declining health. December 9th. He gets a little gets a little heart palpy. And, you know, prison doctors don't care too much for nah. their prison doctors. And December 12th. He dead as fuck. Heart problems. Heart attack. Merry Christmas, you fucking meanie. 1938, December 12th. Yeah. So he's just there stinking up Leavenworth with his corpse. And that, my friends, is the entire kitten caboodle. Well, I can't even say that. We don't know how much fucking shit is embellished here. But that, more or less, is Gaston B. Means, in a nutshell. Liar, con man, heiress swindler, and most probably definitely murderer. I I can't believe that there's still people alive today that are part of his lineage that are like, Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. no, he's a great guy. His dick was always in his pants. His wallet was always in the back pocket, not in the front pocket, where they're like, Oh, let me get a fucking couple dollar bills. Like, oh, dick slips out. Oops. If you heard the things that I knew about Maud... Yep, that's... You would have been happy that she shot herself right in front of my great-uncle Gaston me. In the back of her head from four feet away. <laughs> uh, just so you know, her name is Julie Means. Julie is a fucking family name because that was Gaston's wife and Gaston's four-year-old daughter that died. Uh, and Julie Means demands upfront payment before she talks about her father. <laughs> oh, what a bitch. Runs in the family. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. A premium Rush guy. I never even heard about him. I didn't see a picture of Tubby, little idiot. He's a big old boy. Oh yeah, he he uh, he's got a character in Boardwalk Empire. Oh really? He's in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Well, not the actual Gaston B. Means. He's got a he's got a character though. So I'm looking at him right now, and this guy looks way too happy. Yeah. But he's also got like that. I don't know, like. He looks like he's always looking at food. <laughs> yeah. And all the yeah, pictures. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Like a like a yeah. Thanksgiving turkey's being carved. No, it's like there's a dumpling that someone had kicked under a desk, and he's kind of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> he's got great dimples, though. If you're one of those weird people that looks at dimples, that's him. He's a dimple man. Dude, dimples are not in. Yeah. Freckles are in. All right. Well, either way, right. it doesn't matter. Cody, thank you for bringing in Gaston Means here. Gaston B. Means. Yeah. Gaston B. Means. Yes. Um, so I guess that's it. There you go. Episode. So to wrap it up, yeah. uh, why don't you uh, give us a little feedback on social media? Roast Mortem Cast on all the platforms. Uh-huh. We also have, um, I mean, if you want to bother Mike, um, yeah, do, it. do that. Yeah, find Mike. I'll dox him if you hit yeah. me up. I will send you all of his house information, everything he lives at, the house that we bought for him. Uh, and then uh, through patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, do- Tom, are you and- doxing us on Patreon? <gasps> yeah, I'm doxing our Patreon. Sorry, guys. It's I'm doing it because I'm crazy. Yeah. And you know what else? I'm mean. Uh oh. Don't go I'm kill me. Don't go killing I hope he doesn't now. give us our Patreon address right now. That'd be the worst. Yeah. The exact URL. Uh, just. With Rosemortem, uh, Patreon.com slash Rosemortem. That's a hell of a mic arm you got there. Yeah, I have fun. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank <laughs> you.